Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics in the playoffs as the seventh seed. So they they did the play-in game to keep their spot uh, slipping pretty uh, substantially as they closed out the season going 5-10 and 10 in the last 15 games, losing Jalen Brown, looking ugly, people texting me asking, how do you think it's going to go tonight? Uh, I think the Wizards are tough. I think we're going to lose. And actually, John, it's I think it was your preference the last time we met. Let's yeah. just move closer and closer to a draft pick. And, of course, we see one of the more inspired performances, not only by the entire team, but, you know, Jason Tatum attacking the rim. Huge 50-plus point game. Like, dude, dude is amazing. There's no doubt. And uh, now we got to – Go get our asses handed to us by the Brooklyn Nets, which is just going to infuriate me. I just want you to know that this being the bookend on this season is just—it's going—it's going to make me want to break things in my home office that I value. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, in the end, we're talking about six—you know, talking about three picks. It's the difference between the 13th pick and the 16th pick. So. Losing out would have meant, you know, really, you know, two picks difference or three picks difference, um, which might matter not at all. But unless you're Tyler Hero and, get, you know, ended up with Romeo Langford or, you know, Devin Booker and ended up with Terry Rozier or, you know, you could go all the way through the line where sometimes having that pick three ahead of where you or, or even, um, you know, Terry Caliburton. Uh, instead of Neesmith. Now, again, Neesmith worked out. Rozier worked out. But that was what we were talking about, is that when you're in the lottery, the difference between 15 and 16 can be a huge difference to 12, 13. But alas, here we are. And three three picks. Um, yeah, I look, I, I see uh, in in this in this series coming up, um, um, there's, there's going to be probably a lot of a lot of language 
in my household. Uh, yeah, tell tell everybody to clear out. Tell your wife to get a hotel for. A yeah, don't get out of here. Just get out of the house for for a week and a half. I it'll it'll look. be the first time she's rooted for the Celtics to get swept. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look. Here's the thing, right? So the Celtics will. This will be the first time the Celtics will be uh, in. Uh, we'll have fans in the garden, a full house with Kyrie Irving playing. So that's interesting. Uh, and, and I'm sure that Kyrie Irving will, will hear it quite a bit from the fans. What, what I'm seeing a lot though is, which, you know, there's a lot of like on the internet and on Twitter, there's a, there's a real strong, um, strain of, of folks, particularly younger people. Uh, this is, I, saying, you know, well, Kyrie's misunderstood and Kyrie is this and, you know, really shouldn't, you know, people go over the line. And yeah, there are some crazy things that are said about Kyrie. Um, no doubt about it. But it's, there was a, a, a significant corner of Celtics Twitter, I should say, that were pretty upset with the, the F Kyrie chants that were outside the garden uh, after the game against the Wizards. And Look, I don't really. It's I don't know what that is about. I don't know why people want to back up back Kyrie after effectively starting this slide that we're all blaming. That a lot of people are blaming on Danny Ainge. Kyrie is the guy who started the slide um, and 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 the exodus of talent. Um, for some reason, people want to excuse that. For some reason, I, I don't really understand it. Uh, I'm not on that side of the fence, but it's out there, and it's weird. So what I see is the vast majority of fans are going to hate Kyrie. They're going to give him all they got. But there's going to be this strain of people who are like, hey, don't get on Kyrie. He's a good guy. His politics are good or whatever. And, and that's the reason to not, you know, rip him to shreds. And I just, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see that. I see, I see a guy that, that really doesn't understand how to be a leader of a team uh, in, in this type of concept. And, effectively starting the of the Celtics. Ty is going to love this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Every time we bash Kyrie, he is so good about, you know, tweeting out his support of our angst. Yeah. And so, Ty, in advance, thank you for your angsty uh, support on Twitter. <laughs> uh, appreciate yeah. it. Indeed. And, indeed. and the Ty. thing is, yeah, I, I don't – I really – I think his politics are different than Jalen's politics. It and, and I may need to do more research, but my thing is, I feel like Jalen's politics are get up and go, get involved, and I feel like Kyrie's politics are yap yap. You know, he's always known what to say, right? And he seems like he's a champion, but I don't. And I'm gonna have to go look, but yeah. I, I just feel like the dude is so full of it. I've always I mean, felt that way. He has put his money where his mouth is. And there's things that he's done. Like he bought, um, you know, George Floyd's family a home. And he, he has done things uh, that are the right thing. But, but again, like to me, like I, I can like someone's politics and think that they're, I think that they're the worst basketball player that's ever played. I, 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 what someone's politics are should have no impact as to whether or not they can lead a basketball team. You know th- that no, they don't have any impact other than right. If their if their politics are sort of like again, I feel like Jalen 
You know, it's like, hey, let's right. go to Atlanta, right? Like, and that's that's right. the difference between buying somebody a house and going and marching. You know, that's my point. That's exactly my point. Um, but I'm not going to take away from the fact that you know what, that, that, right? You know, it's pretty solid of Kyrie there. You know, sure. to, to to give and to be giving. Right. But at but the same time, that's the difference when you want to tie it to leadership. And look at okay, let's look at what. Let's look at what he did. Now, guys lo- apparently love Kyrie. Now, guys apparently think he's the greatest. They, you know, apparently a big reason why Blake Griffin wanted to go to go to, to Brooklyn is because of Kyrie. And and I don't know. I mean, I, as a person, he may be great. People may love it. I don't think that that is. You know, it's kind of like it may be. It's kind of like high school, where everyone wants to be friends with the cool kid. But when you stop and you and you start to look around every while, it's like you really like the cool kid, or you like the fact that the cool kid is the one that that you're saying what everyone else is saying. And I don't know, I don't know how true that is. That's that kind of interpersonal politics of of things that that we really don't know, we aren't privy to. All we know is that a lot of people who cover the team around the team think that Kyrie's a dick and he's not nice to people. And he's out for himself, and he's and he's and and that's and that's the thing. Now, I felt I think that that Rondo was was painted with that brush a little bit, but but he was always about his team, and he was always about winning. Rajon Rondo would never have done what happened in that Milwaukee Bucks series. That Milwaukee Bucks series from two years ago, to me is the first line on, on the, the story of Kyrie Irving. Because that tells you everything you need to know to me about who he was at that time. Now, maybe that's a break and maybe that's a, a moment. He, he just wanted to, out, and he's a front right. runner, and he got but, what he wanted, right? And all, he's got a shot at a championship now. All he had to do was come to Boston and say, look, I, this isn't working. you know. And, and, and Danny and, and the team has, has, for whatever reason, held on to guys after the point when probably they should have moved on, you know, I don't think Warford's in that camp, but I think definitely Hayward and definitely Kyrie were in that camp. And, you know, so in that, in that instance, you stop and you say like, okay, now we've, we've lost, lost Kyrie for nothing. We've lost Hayward for nothing. Um, effectively, well, I guess you could say Horford or Kyrie was lost for nothing. One or the other, um, depending on how you look at the Kyrie, the, the, the sign of Kemba. And, and he really the, the seeds of what everyone's complaint about this year, the the top heaviness of the roster, the inability to have depth, um, all of that started in that 2019 debacle of the season. It, it, it it's unavoidable, it's inescapable. That's what happened, right, man? Like that's yeah. Well, and they also didn't hang, but they didn't hang on to Pierce and Garnett too long. I mean, maybe in a way, but they were still super competitive and they still got value for them. And I think that's where the criticism is, right? They lose Kyrie for nothing. They basically lose Hayward for nothing if they don't re-sign, you know, Fournier. And so here we are. Yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely how the last few years have played out. I think that's a fine light to paint Kyrie and, I think Kyrie resents the media and 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 I think Boston being the market that it is, you know, I think that definitely contributed to him wanting to get out of here. But I also think the way he acted about everything and the way he played in that Milwaukee Bucks series tells you everything you need to know about, you know, 
it, he wasn't a good fit in Boston as a person, right? You know, let alone as a player. I mean, let's remember thing, they they won that game against Milwaukee, who had kicked everyone's butt that entire season. They win game one convincingly, amazing. They go to practice. Kyrie decides he doesn't want to practice and sits on the stage. And and not coincidentally, the rest of the next four games, he basically sat on the stage and watched practice and watched the game because he was a bystander. And I just, I, I can't excuse that. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I know people want to say, well, he's misunderstood. And yeah, I think there's some stuff that's probably over the line about what's said. But that guy did more to undo what's going, what was the, the plan in Boston than any sing, other single person. And the, the, what we're seeing now is, is what is the, is the result of that. And so if you're frustrated about this, and of course COVID and injuries happen, there's nothing you can do about that. But the lack of depth surely is an issue that, that has its, its seed in the 2019 season. Uh, and I just, you know, so going into this, that's the seeds to me of the dislike of the Brooklyn Nets. It starts with Kyrie Irving. Um, I don't have, I know you were frustrated with Kevin Durant. I didn't have that same frustration that he didn't come. I mean, frustrated he didn't come, but, you know, I'm not, I wasn't, I was upset with Kevin Durant as you were. But, you know, you have those two and then Harden, who kind of an enigma in a way, I think. Um, it's, I want nothing more to see those teams, see that team lose. I think that they're you know, <laughs> the roots of what they have are just so fraudulent. But well, uh, and remember, we're, we got all their picks, so you don't want to feel right. like they got one up on us. Or hey, we got all their picks, and then they survived all of that and put this together while we tried to rebuild and we had this core, but we are nowhere near where they're at right now. Like that's a stinger too. You it know, is. when we talk about but the rebuild, fair, if you though? look at this, well, it is, it, it's fair from this perspective, right? Same amount of period of time and same, you know, actually I guess Brooklyn had less time to rebuild because yeah, you had, you know, a couple of years for Garnett and Pierce to phase out, right? Um, and so they had even less period of a time. Now, is it fair? Uh, I, it, they took a totally different path, right? And right. cleared cap space, and they were able to sign players. And a knock on Boston was that they couldn't, and then we signed players. But, you know, we didn't sign Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and, you know, James Harden all the while still having a pretty potent offense uh, with uh, bench depth. And and that's really, I think, the biggest reason why. I, I'm not saying that the, the Celtics are not going to win this series. I'm just, you know, let's just be clear. I, They're not, not going to win this series. But if the Celtics had the same bench – as Brooklyn did does, then yeah, I feel like it would be a lot more competitive, um, I especially think, with a healthy Jalen Brown. Yeah, I think this is Brooklyn twenty one is Boston nineteen, but with far different results um, because they have the depth of what helped build that team in place. Um, but they have a top end. They still have a, a top end of the roster that's that's really strong, um, and and they don't have a, a, a you know a, a max contract wing forward 
um, who's coming off devastating, you know, knee, you know, leg break, foot going the wrong way injury. Ankle. You know, I mean, so, I mean, in terms of collection of talent, I think, yeah, I obviously Harden is one of the greatest shooting guards ever to play. You know, Durant is one of the best shooting small forwards ever to play. Kyrie is Kyrie. Um, I mean, their their top end is better. I think the Boston depth of nineteen was probably better, um, but they never we never saw the full extent of what the nineteen Celtics could have been, um, and arguably we haven't seen what the twenty one extent of what the Nets could be. But you know, it's kind of like it's where the meeting of where you're building up and you haven't yet gotten to the point where you can't afford your bench, um, and they haven't had any sort of drain of you know talent drain, and this is the you know kind of the the top end to me of where they're going. Um, I mean, yeah, there'll be, you know, mid-level guys that could sign and all that. But um, I, I just think that there's, we see all the time, it feels, for, signings in the NBA feels like it's forever, but it never is. Like when Kevin Durant signed in, in, in Golden State, it felt like, oh, the league isn't going to be competitive for a decade. And it was like three years, they won two of three, and he was off somewhere else. And I think that that's maybe where we are, you know? I think it, Brooklyn feels like it's unbelievable, but it won't be because everything is an instant in the NBA now. It just, it, everything just changes so fast. And so this is Brooklyn's moment. If they capitalize, great. But, you know, there was some something I read online today that, you know, Kyrie was kind of putting something in this, in the, you know, a press conference or whatever about, you know, is he going to retire? You know, <laughs> I just, you, you just, you don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. And and with those three mercurial superstars, um, you know, you just can't rely on it. And as we learned with one of them. So what you're saying is, is that you don't think they have a shot at the championship. No, I think they do have a shot at the championship. What I guess what I'm saying is I don't know that they're going to win runoff three or four championships. I think they could win this year. I think they could win next year. But it's going to get stale. It's going to get stale for those guys at some point. Um, you know, Harden's going to be sick of sharing the ball or KD's going to want a different opportunity or Kyrie's going to retire. And I mean, I, I just think that there's there's just too much variance with those three personalities for it to work long term you know um and eventually you know they'll want to they'll have to trade players and somebody will get hurt i mean we're already seeing it this year i mean they they haven't really played together Celtics haven't played together the nets really haven't played together i mean they're talented but will it work we all see them on the court at the same time i think it probably will but maybe not um i just i'm not a i just think that the person personalities matter so much. And we saw that in 19 and we're, I think we're going to see it over the long run with Brooklyn. It may not bear itself out in this playoffs, but I think it will over the long run. Uh, but those personalities will be just too, too difficult to, to keep together. You know? Yeah. Uh, you want to bet? 
No. <laughs> bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets and best. And the best thing is, it's free to sign up. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and take advantage of the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We've got that for you here in just a second. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. You're pumped. You're pumped. All right. Do we want to talk about Philly? Maybe in this context, who do you hate more right now, Philly or Brooklyn? (laughs) Because they're one, two. (laughs) Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I I, just, it's the Kyrie thing. I, you know, I I don't want to apologize for not liking him. You know, I feel like people are making me apologize. I'm not going to. I don't, you know, yeah, the the grifting by Joel Embiid is annoying, obnoxious. I don't enjoy it. Um, but uh, you know, Doc's there, and you know, yes, I you know how I feel about Doc, but I I don't I don't have the same. Uh, I, I I'm not as disliking of Philly as much as this whole Brooklyn scenario right now, you know, I, I just, I kind of respect, frankly, what Embiid has done. I, I, you know, I think he has, he has played hard for a full regular season for the first time in his career. And I, and I, I think he deserves credit for that. He had a great season and he played great in the games against Boston. You know, um, he, he was really good. I still think Simmons is a bit of a disappointment, honestly, but, uh, he's a great defender and, I think in the right scenario, away from Embiid, he would be even, even, an even better player. But um, you know, there we—that's that's where we are right now. I, I, I would probably, if it comes down to a, a Philly Brooklyn Eastern Conference Finals, right? Let's let's frame it like that, which could happen. I would be rooting for Philly. You, you're there. You're, oh, you're yeah. right in the belly of the beast, Justin. It's just so funny because there was all that blood, but you know, I'm I like Doc. So if you're putting me between Philly and, and Brooklyn, that's an easy one for me. I like Doc. Um, you know, I'm not a 76ers fan, but I don't like you hate Embiid. You've always hated Embiid. And I don't yeah. really hate Embiid. I hate Kyrie Irving, but I don't hate Embiid the way you do. So, um, and it's not because I live down here in Pennsylvania now. Uh, it just has everything to do with the fact that, you know, I didn't love that team and I like beating that team. And, yeah. uh, I liked, I liked the idea. And again, here's another, like, if we want to take all these sticks and measure them in our performance, it looked like we had accelerated past Philly and Brooklyn, you know, at light speed. And, and now they're taking their cracks at it. And, mm-hmm. You know, now all of a sudden we look where we looked like 
man, Danny's got the plan. He's got the model. He did it. Nah, 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 nah. And now we're waiting around. But if you really think about it, you know, Tatum and, and, and Brown, you know, need a little bit more time and the yeah. bench needs to get built out. And, you know, maybe, maybe with some additional time that doesn't play out as bad as it does. But I've, I don't really hate any of the players on Philly. I just, really like beating them and even going back to the <laughs> beat LA chance, you know, there's still a little bit of sister city, uh, brotherly love, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in a competitive, but bordering on unhealthy competitive way. And so, you know, when you pit me up against, you know, like, again, I don't hate Brooklyn. I don't really have any feelings about Brooklyn, right? Like to me, they're still the New Jersey nets. Um, <laughs> But because they have Kyrie, they've taken on that polarity for me. So, yeah, that's an easy one. And I like Doc. And I think it would be cool if Doc beat the Lakers, you know, with Philly or beat the Clippers with Philly. I I think that would be a cool story. And I had a lot of people asking me, like, what do you think with, you know, Philly and and Doc as the coach? And I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm just telling you, I think – this team matches Doc's style because Doc likes it really slowed down, all defense, power game. And I think they still have an issue with outside shooting, but yeah. I think that he, if anybody can find a way to make this mishmash work, it's right up Doc's alley. And guess what? I was right about that. I, yeah, I, you know, I'm, if it's obviously taking the Celtics out of it, but if, if I'm, if my rooting interest in the East, it's it's difficult because there's a I think Philly and, and Milwaukee are kind of in the same scenario for me that you know we've kind of gone to battle with them lately, but reality you know it's I, I don't I don't want one of these teams to get something that's going to set them up to be you know just more prepared to beat the Celtics next year you know part of what. The difficulty for Milwaukee is they've never done it. So you always feel like, well, you can get over on them because they haven't figured it out. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think, I think with Philly, it's the same idea. You know, if they figure it out, they get over the hump. It's like, oh man, that's, you don't want that because now, now they're like, okay, we know what we need to do to win these games. The Celtics, I think, always have had that over those teams. Um, even though they lost to Milwaukee in that series two years ago. I think, you know, we point a lot of that to Kyrie. Um, that, that's the kind of the concern I have is like, oh, geez, I don't want to see that. Um, you know, Miami, it's a little different because I think, you know, I don't think that there's, you know, it's so much about Jimmy Butler that I don't know that that, that carries down to the heroes and the Duncan Robinsons and the Bams. Um, but I probably respect that group um, as much as any of them. I just... The point is anybody but L.A., right? I mean, that's kind of the deal. But if it comes that's down to it. always the point. But if Brooklyn plays right. the Lakers, I'm rooting for the Lakers. If they play the Clippers, I'm rooting for the Clippers. Outside of that, you know what I mean? Uh, it's all against L.A. And I know yeah. where you're going. And it just it so has to be said. That's how bad it is. Yeah, that is how bad it is. I I I I don't know if I'd say I could root four. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how I would do it, but 
I definitely can't say. <laughs> are you getting Are you getting caught up on the semantics of the words? Maybe. No, dude. No, maybe. Dude. No, I, you're I, you're rooting for them to do what they're supposed to do, and at the same yeah. time, you're rooting for a complete embarrassment of Kyrie, right? That's what you're yeah. for. Yeah, I I want I, I just. I want another tweet right now because this has basically dominated the show. So uh, you can give us a second tweet when you hit this part. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. You'll be like live blogging your listening in a way. Right, right. Remember live blogging? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, those are the days. I'm live huh? blogging the game. Join me now. How the hell am I going to blog the game if I'm watching your text? We are the podcast for the old Celtics fans. I mean, because honestly, we're, we're, we're ripping on Kyrie. We're talking about this. Oh, Doc. You're oh, yeah. so right. The new generation. We, we, they're tuning us out. Exactly. So let's talk about Jason Tatum, right? Let's talk about the Celtics, right? Let's talk about the Celtics. <laughs> um, 50 points. And, you know, look, I, I think we're losing sight of what this guy is doing in – in the mainstream of how good he is vis-a-vis Bradley Bill all-time greats. Like, I, I think we're not appreciating what that guy is able to do as a, as a player. I mean, I, I just, this is, this is like, we've never experienced this. Like I, I, you know, I watched Larry, you know, I, I've watched Pierce Garnett. Um, you know, we've, we've had great players, top 50 all-time players here. Um, this is, this is special what he's, what this guy's doing right now. And, uh, there was, you know, there's a whole comment about that he made before the game against Washington about leadership and how there's a lot of different ways to lead. And I, and I completely agree with him. I think, you know, I don't, the press and a lot of the, the Twitter sphere gets, gets kind of wrapped up in this rah, rah, you gotta be screaming and yelling. That's the only way you lead nonsense, which I think is foolish. I think you lead with your play, and he led with his play last night. He led with his play against, um, you know, against. But but in that big sixty-point game, the the question I think is, you know, is as a young guy in your twenty-two season, it's how you then try to do it consistently. What do you learn from it? And I'm not trying to, I'm not minimizing what he did because what he did was amazing, and, and and it's continued to be amazing, and he's placed himself in history. It's already there, but I think it's a point where, okay, I can do this. It, you know, it's, it's just, you're getting pieces and LeBron had to get a whole bunch of pieces and then he added pieces. It took him until year 10 to win a championship. So that's what I think, you know, Tatum is doing. Tatum has MVP, you know, Calvert. Scott Brooks said it last night. Now the question is, how does he use these unbelievable talents and, get to a point where he's winning consistently, winning a lot, and, and able to beat the very best. And I, and that's not... Well, he's done all of that, except for the last thing that you said. He right. just hasn't beat the very best, you know. He's been right to the brink in every single season, except for this one, <laughs> which is the irony of it. This is by far, you know, his best season, especially when you consider the COVID slog that he had to bust through. Right. He's probably just starting to feel right now. Um, I think you mentioned this to me before the broadcast, but 17 for 17 from the free throw line. If, if there isn't a sign, you know, of his uh, 
ability to do what he needs to do. I mean, I remember criticizing him. I didn't even realize at the time that the COVID thing was like real for him, you know, but it was like, dude, he's just doing the sidestep and it's a great move and it gets a shot off, but it can't be the only thing he does. Well, you know, we even saw him try to make a pass. I think it was underneath in the first maybe quarter to Kemba, but he actually tried to get a little more unselfish in that game. But at least when he was selfish, he wasn't just shooting from outside. He was attacking. I mean, just that three-level scorer and then trying to build in some playmaking. But I'm going to – I have to put this butt on it. And, um, you know, I think ball movement is so key for this team and Jason Tatum's success. And so I'm not taking away from the fact that he put up 50 like <laughs> he put up 50. But Robert Williams in that starting lineup, dude, changes everything. It changes everything for this team. And I think it helps make Tatum more effective with less work. And so when he goes to the line, you know, he's sure, you know, he's he's being more aggressive. But the ball is moving around more, so he's not pounding it. Even then, though... You know, as they were trying to just maintain that double-digit lead in the waning moments of the game, how many times did Tatum have the ball in his hands coming up the floor, you know, and initiating the offense? And we haven't really seen that in quite a while either, especially with Kemba Walker out there and Marcus Smart out there sharing the floor. Um, But we saw it quite a bit. And, you know, he definitely had it going last night. He did have it going. And I I, I just, you know, I'm not – I think that – What's happening right now is like any criticism of him is looked at as like some sort of like, you know, what are you doing? How dare you? He scored 50 points. Like, it's not about that. It's not, it's like, look, he's, he's an all NBA player. Look, he's a top 10 player. Look, I mean, those, (laughs) you can say, look, Hey, he's not perfect. You know, bird wasn't perfect. Jordan wasn't perfect. Magic wasn't perfect. Right. What, what I think, for me, the criticism is, or it's not even criticism of, of Tatum. It's just like, okay, everybody's looking to add pieces to your game to make yourself better, right? How do you go from being All-NBA second team to All-NBA first team? How do you go from being you know, a, a perennial all-star to MVP caliber? How do you go from being a guy who gets to lose your team to the conference finals to the NBA champion? That's what we're talking about. And there's only one team that wins the championship every year. Um, you can still be a great player, and not win the championship. That happens. Charles Barkley will, will go in the hall of, is in the hall of fame. He's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but what we're no, looking there, at, there the is something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that well, in Boston. There's well, something wrong with that in Boston. And you know, there is it. something. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like, look at Harden, right? Harden couldn't win the big game. So he ultimately said, I got, I, I got, I got to go. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> who else? I mean, KD, I think, kind of saw the end of his run in, in Golden State. You know, LeBron saw the team was falling, falling down around him. He had to get out of Cleveland and had to get into Miami. You know, that's what I'm saying. At some point, it goes beyond about what you're able to do is who you are and how good you are and your skills to you're seeking something higher because you can accomplish a lot. You can score 50. You can score 60. You can score 81. Can you get the other four guys you're sharing the floor with to a place where you're better than everybody else you're playing against? That's, that's a more impressive feat. 
And I think that's what some of the Chad Finn, I wish he was KG, I wish he was KG was Tatum's favorite player than, yeah. than, than Kobe. I saw him that. get trashed for that, and I was like, dude. Right. Like Chad's one of the most non the, the I will say the headline was hot takey, right? It was. But but did him no favors on that. They did yeah, they set him up. But if you read the article, it's not a hot take. It's a pretty direct sort of analysis of where the team has is at and what the next step should be and looking at and and praising Garnett. Like half of that article is right. not about Tatum. It's no. about taking that previous generation of Celtics that we all keep talking about and yeah. bringing it, you know, in parallel or comparing and contrasting or yinning and yanning against our current, you know, iteration. And, you know, honestly, I think at this point with the amount of time we have left in the show, you went right where I was headed when you mm-hmm. brought up that article because, it, you know, that article really centered around KG going into the Hall of Fame, but then – you know, we've got about maybe 10 minutes, and there's also mm-hmm. Paul Pierce is going in, and Mike right. Gorman's going in, man. Mike Absolutely. Gorman is going in. Okay. I just could not be more happy to see that. And I I wrote this. If you remember Skip Parham, we worked with him. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. When we were doing all the, yeah, so CNBC. I, what were they then? I'm all over the place. Uh, I think they were Comcast Sportsnet. That's right. They were Comcast Sportsnet. And, you know, we were kind of doing the Celtics stuff live with them thing. And I remember Mike did a couple of reads promoting our content on their, on their website. And that was, that was like kind of a pinnacle, you know, for us um, when we were doing this with different aspirations, I will say. And, and, uh, but anyway, you know, I remember Mike doing that read and being like, wow, that actually happened. And he was always such a supporter of the show. But I wrote on Skip's post on LinkedIn congratulating Mike. You know, I said, I hope that Mike was both stunned and humbled uh, because, you know, despite all of his accomplishments, you know, I'm uh, that's that's what makes him who he is. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I bet he yeah. was both stunned and humbled, even though, you know, he had to see it coming on some level. So um, congrats to you, Mike. I'm going to I'm going to give you the spotlight on this particular show. Uh, you get the the prime spot ahead of Garnett or Pierce, which says a lot because I absolutely <laughs> love Garnett and Pierce. But I love how when I've gone to games, like when I brought my son for the first time and you know, Mike's trying to do his work and it's before the game, but he's out on the floor and he's recording that stuff that I tell an usher, no, really, I know Mike, can I just wave and say hi? And the usher lets me down a little bit further anyway. And then Mike waves my family and my son down um, to talk to us, even though he's busy as heck. Uh, You know, it's that, it's that, it's totally that. How I have so much, trouble finding time in my life for all the things that I want to do and, you know, to be respectful to everybody I come into contact with or, you know, just try to live in the moment. It's so hard. And, you know, that guy does. He makes time for people. And, you know, he's in my Hall of Fame for that reason. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's 
it, yeah, I, you know, for me, it, it was, I was so glad, you know, I know that this is not the way that the Hall of Fame works. Um, and it would have taken away from, from Mike's Hall of Fame career that is Hall of Fame worthy and deserves to be in on itself. But part of me also would have liked the idea of Tommy and Mike going in together yeah. and sharing that honor. Because for us, for almost 40 years of, of one team, uh, there aren't, I don't know that there are any other color guys that you know, on, the, on the local level that are as memorable as Tommy Huntington has been in, in the 75 plus years of, of the NBA. So, uh, or almost 75 years of the NBA. So that's, you know, part of me, I just like, well, that would have been nice. And I, and I hope they can get around to doing that because I, I think he's worthy of that honor. But Mike beating on his own, amazing. I mean, just, I was driving in a car when I saw the thing pop up that that uh, Forsberg put up that that he had been um, given the Kurt Gowdy Award. I just that made me so happy. I mean, I just there have been a, there's been a lot of bad stuff that has happened this season uh, for all of us who are Celtics fans. Um, even last night, Rob Williams getting hurt, Smart gets hurt. I mean, it's like when does it end? Um, but to see Mike get that honor, I, I wish Tommy was around to, to be there in the Hall of Fame um, when they do the enshrinement in September. That that's 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 a bittersweet part of this to me, but uh, because they are linked. But Mike's career and his work on the NCAA and, and particularly the Big East, um, he was the voice behind so many great college basketball games in a formative part of making college basketball what it is today. Uh, he was the call. He was the call for send it in Jerome. He was on the call for Syracuse Georgetown. He was on the call for St. John's and, and you know, Seton Hall. I mean, he, he was that guy. Uh, when you go back and watch those old games, and uh, it's just, I'm so happy for him. And I'm so happy for him. He's sharing that time with Paul Pierce, who was his favorite Celtic player for the whole time he covered the team. Um, and Mike wasn't there a lot during the Bird era. But he thought every game just about that Paul Pierce played. And uh, so cool to have those two going in at the same time. You there, Justin? Oh, yeah. I uh, okay. On mute, okay. I said, yeah, oh. that is really cool. And let's spend <laughs> these last few minutes... <laughs> Talking about Kevin Garnett and his comments, you know, about Boston and yeah. the city. And most specifically, the thing that stuck out to me was, you know, he said, you know, I probably should have gone there a little bit earlier. And I don't know if you caught wind of the rumors. Um, and I caught – we have a close friend of the show that I haven't talked to in years, but um, he really helped us uh, gain a lot of success and – he was there on a lot of draft nights, and I'm not going to necessarily drop his name because I'm not sure that he would want us to or if he even listens to the show anymore. But um, but I would hear a lot from him regarding you know the rumors that were materializing. And I remember one time I was doing my blog. That's how early it was. I don't even know that I had started the um, that I had started the podcast yet, and, and you know, with JB, and then found you, you know, and all that. I think um, 
I'm still doing the blocks, Celtic 17 on most valuable network, MVN. And, uh, and somebody like messaged me and was like, listen, Celtics are going to trade for Kevin Garnett this summer. It's going to happen. And, um, I was like, really? All right. You know, I was trying to vet it. But then our mutual friend, you know, of the show kind of said, no, they're definitely, they're trying to do it, man. I think it could happen, you know? And I was like, all right. So maybe this is kind of legit. And it wound up being two years later, I think, before it actually, you know, came to fruition. Um, and I remember our mutual friend telling me, yeah, dude, it's going to happen. I'm like, I will see, you know, whatever. But, um, but, but when he said that, it made me think, that that all those rumors, you know, in that conversation might have been a lot more longer go ongoing. We heard that he had kind of declined it before, right? Yep. And and then when Ray Allen got traded is when he sort of opened up to the conversation. And there was something about his comment there that made me think, yep, conversations between Danny and Mikhail have been going on. It had been presented to him. He's loyal as AF and, you know, didn't didn't want to leave or whatever. And it finally got over the top and the writing was on the wall. And he's basically telling us, like, yeah, you know, that could have started sooner. Too bad it didn't. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, it, it does seem like it, it was more real. You know, him, he, he has said it a few times. I wish I had come earlier. I should have gone to Boston sooner. Um, uh, you know, and I think part of Pat is, is love for the fans and, and, and the passion we showed for him. He was hand in glove with the, perfect the match. craziness that Boston yeah. fans are. You know, the stuff that they want Tatum to be, uh, that, you know, that's, you know they love, that's what they love about Garnett. Bird wasn't that guy. Oh, by the way. Bird was beloved, <laughs> you know? No, so no. he knew how to get the, the fans going, and he figured that out in time. But but when he first got here, he was not rah-rah guy either. So, I, I, but you're right. I think, Dude, you know, Garnett we're was... all type A, yes. Dunkin' Donuts, sausage, egg, and cheese, heart attack, <laughs> overweight... <laughs> Ready to go. We're Chris Farley. If we were a comedian as a region, we'd be Chris Farley. That was awesome. Yeah, exactly. Remember that time when we won championship in 2008? That, that was, was awesome. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You know, and at the same time, we're Matt Foley, you know, and van uh, down by the river. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, we're motivational <laughs> speakers. You know, we just get ourselves all jacked up. You know, but, um, but then he was like the legit real deal. So he was, and, I, and so I, I, I'm, I was so happy for him. He loved that guy. I would love him to have a closer relationship with this team. I would love Paul have a closer relationship with this team. I think these guys. Just like how Pierce and Garnett would get visited every so often by Havlicek and Sam Jones and Clash Sanders. And look, it, they're not telling them how to play, but just to, hey, how's it going? I love yeah. what you did the other night. I think these guys, I think it, it's not a big thing. It's not going to change anybody, but I think they need that connection to that round of that group of people. Um, I think it's special. Uh, it needs to be more than perk saying stuff on the post game show. 
They need love. They need love, and they need they need a little guidance. And without Tommy, they need that more than ever. I think so. Let's hope in in 2022 we're going to be able to see a little more of that. Well, you wrapped it up in a bow for me. That's going to do it for this week's show. As a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore Tweet Live. You can follow John at CSL underscore Duke. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. We'd always appreciate a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. Heartfelt thank you to uh, sticking through this super negative start about Kyrie and then getting into you know some of the era that John and I really came up in with Pierce, Garnett, and Mike Gorman. Congratulations to you, sir. On behalf of Nick Gelso, the founder of CLNS Media, my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Celtic Stuff Live.